Welcome to episode 36 of Super Entertainment Presents the Television Crossover Universe on the Grand Gignol Network, coming to you from Castle Wolfenstein, hosted by the TVCU crew. Joining me are the cool one, Crazy Ivan Shabowski, Lover of Cheese, the classy one, James Boyachuk, CEO of 18th Wall Productions, and the pun master, undisputed, Chris Nigro, author and founder of Wild Hunt Press. And I am the Robert Ironsky, professional geek and creepy weirdo. We are the TVCU crew. The TVCU crew are a team of crossovers who devote way too much of their time to connecting the dots to official crossovers and Easter eggs in order to demonstrate a shared fictional reality that we call the television crossover universe. This is the intellectual show about trivial things. And now for our shameless plugging segment. Uh, we'll start with you, Chris. What do you got to plug for us this week? Well, I once again have to plug the same exact things I've been plugging for weeks now. And to once again warn the viewers that Wild Hunt Press will be premiering. I hope to have at least six things premiere simultaneously. Oh. Which, yep, which will be led by my two superhero novels, Centurion and Moonstalker, both of which will be set in a shared all-new superhero universe. Yay! And my novella, Replicant... And I hope to have them out by October. Cool. Excellent. Like and uh, Ivan, what I do you have to plug? Yeah, uh, and once again, I have to plug the same thing. I've been plugging for weeks now. Your nothing. Toilet. Nothing <laughs> at all. Oh, I thought your toilet. Hasn't you been plugging <laughs> it all that lately? I have not plugged my toilet. Sorry. Oops, no, that's me. I, I, I'm the one who had buffalo chicken today, so. <laughs> and James, how about you? Well, for my shameful plug, I just listened to the first episode of Big Finish's The Sacrifice of Sherlock Holmes, which is their brand new serial. In fact, it hasn't come out yet. They've only released the first episode as a special bonus. Ooh, and gosh. it is, as always, fantastic. They're Holmes and Watson. Nicholas Briggs and Richard Earle are quickly replacing Jeremy Brett and David Earle as my personal favorite Holmes and Watson. For my shameful, shameless plug, rather, just check our website. There's nothing new at the moment. There probably won't be anything brand new while this episode comes out, but there are always surprises. We're always winning some award or another, or some author has some <laughs> fantastic, amazing new thing to talk about. So check our website and see what we're up to. Cool. So now you're stealing Ivan's thing of saying nothing, but you said yes. it in a fancier way because <laughs> you're the classy one. <laughs> so what does Rob have to plug? Um, so I'm um, almost done with Scarecon plugs. Um, uh, I got one today and then three more after this for the next three weeks and then I will be done. Um, I, I, as I said, I've met a lot of cool people when I was at Scarecon, which was a few months ago now. And I promised to plug everyone I got a card from. And today I'm going to plug uh, Decimated Designs. Um, they, they, um, they build themselves as haunts, horrors, Halloween, film, theater, and events. Makeup effects, masks, props, costumes, scenic, lightning, uh, lighting, not lightning. That would be really cool. Uh, lighting effects and more. So check them out at DecimatedDesigns.com. Uh, they do a lot of cool practical effects for different events and films and things like that. Um, also, um, 
crossovers expanded came out as a, a um, this is a shameful plug. Uh, Sean Levin, um, I've been looking forward to it. I haven't gotten my copies yet, um, but uh, Chris, you got your copies, right? Indeed, I'm proud to have been mentioned in it. A couple of my stories, and Sean did his usual top notch job. He followed wins protocol perfectly from the first two crossovers and i think it is very cool i i figured they would follow suit i i have to say um um i uh once upon a time i had asked when scott ecker if i could write the sequel to crossovers and at the time he wasn't going to do it at all but um i probably now looking at it sean was is absolutely the perfect person to to follow suit because uh you know he probably knows when scott eckert better than when scott eckert knows when scott eckert uh and um you know his his crossovers universe website really really displays that um i'm looking forward to getting my copies of it my um you know my original copies of wins books are, are like worn out and like a textbook i have it highlighted and like uh you know tabs in it and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to this um, and finally, um, for another shameless plug, uh, the Horror Crossover Encyclopedia 2nd Edition will be coming out uh, around October. Um, new Matt cover, new forward by Trick or Treat Radio and Elm Street Kid Movie Club's own Dynamo Mars, uh, and select revised entries. And I'm also working on Intelligent Crossover Universe World of Mythology Volume 2 to come out in the fall. Um, I've had a lot of stuff on my plate, which is... Uh, like hurting my writing schedule but i keep writing <laughs> so i haven't stopped writing i'm just writing at a slower pace um i'm also still working on the cartoon crossover encyclopedia i have no idea when that will be done but uh, but at least i keep moving forward a little bit at a time but <laughs> but it but it's getting done um so that's it for me um so well, stay, stay tuned. tuned what's that we said that simultaneously Oh, <laughs> I said. I said. Well, stay tuned. Yeah, uh-huh. that was bad. I'm sorry. I did. We said the same I'm thing. So glad you pointed out that pun because if we had not acknowledged the pun, you wouldn't, we wouldn't know be able if to we actually it. caught okay. it. That's right. my weakness. They like to jump on me about viewers. I like being acknowledged. I mean, <laughs> that's one of my quirks. What can I say? So stay tuned. Because after the commercial break, we'll be talking with our returning guest, Eric Burnham. We'll be right back. And we are back. Tonight's guest was our second guest on this podcast. And more importantly, he was the first invited guest to say yes. And once he accepted our invitation, I knew the show was going to be a success. If you haven't heard our previous episode with Eric Burnham, and I recommend you check it out, Eric is the writer of the very popular and crossover-filled Ghostbusters comic from IDW. Recently, he has written Tobin's Spirit Guide, and if you don't recognize what that is, you're not a Ghostbusters fan. So welcome back to the show, Eric. We're really happy to have you back with us. Oh, well, thanks for having me again. So Tobin's Spirit Guide came out recently. Um, Ivan Ivan, um, has gotten a chance to look at it, and uh, I got to have a sneak peek of it at a convention recently. Uh, for those listeners who may not know Ghostbusters the way we do, can you please tell us a little bit about that? Uh, sure. It's basically just a guidebook of uh, of ghosts, in an in-universe guidebook. 
And because of the size that we were working with and a couple of other things, uh, some choices made that were out of my hands, we went with um, uh, we went with uh, a revision mm-hmm. by Ray and Egon instead of something by Tobin. So we had to to get all of the the popular ghosts in there. We had them writing about it from their from their point of view, including old material from the you know the in universe old book as well as stuff from their cases. Anyway, it's basically just a bunch of illustrations and bits about ghosts that have been faced in the comics, the cartoons, the movies, and the games. Cool. Yeah, fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have a question about that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. This is Ivan, by the way. Howdy. (laughs) Hey, Ivan. Hey. So, uh, this book is In-Universe Guide to the Spirits of the Ghostbusters Face. Huh. And going through it, like you said, there are spirits from the cartoons, from the movies, from the video game, from the comics. But in the comics, you've established that the cartoons are not in-universe for the comics. They're parallel realities. Mm-hmm. So what reality would this book exist in? Yeah. The reality that it exists in is roughly the movie-slash-comics reality. Now, we had to use a bunch of ghosts from the cartoons because, well, that was where the bulk of the recognizable ones came from. Mm. So we just uh, we used them, and if something needed to be tweaked a little bit to make it fit a little bit more with the movies, I did that. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, the, the primary thing was getting some of the fun things that everybody remembers. But, yeah, it's it's mostly uh, mostly tweaked to fit, like if you had read it in the comic, or uh, which is connected to the movies. Okay. Well, like, in the case of the Sandman, I know there you have a radically different version. I love the version, by the way, from the mm-hmm. Ghostbusters annual last year. Yep. Um, yeah, the reimagining was great. But then there's ones like Cthulhu, Cthulhu. Yep. Mm-hmm. who specifically never encountered the guys from the comics who are, you know, the guys from the movies. Right. And in those cases, it would just be stuff that uh, happened either off-panel or in the near future. <laughs> so, near future. Near future. Near future stuff, yes. Of course. I forgot <laughs> about that near future. It's, yes, I mean, yes, the indeed. comic is set in the mid-90s, and today it's, after the mid-90s, so there's plenty of time for that to happen, yeah. Sure. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Nice. I would question, I think, is on everybody's mind. You, If you can tell us, will you be doing anything with the new movie? Um, that's, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, not being cagey, I know that they're interested in it, but it depends on... Um, whether or not Sony's interested in seeing comics from that or not. I mean, there's there's just a whole group of, of things that comes into play with that, and that's whether um, whether they're interested. I think, I think, and don't quote me as gospel, this is speculation on my part, that there may be, um, that, that uh, as a producer, Paul Feig might have uh, a say in okaying it. And, you know, I mean, it just everybody's got to come up together and say, yes, we're interested. And then it also has to come up together with something that everybody gives an okay to before anything will come out. So I assume that they that they would like to, 
I know IDW would like to. They've said so at conventions, but um, it hasn't come. It hasn't come together with a yes yet from Sony. So that could be coming down the pike, or not. It it's beyond me because I'm not involved in the discussions, and wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, you're just the writer. Yeah, I'm just the writer. <laughs> and I and and who knows? I mean, you know, if they did do a comics with the ladies, I might not even be the writer that they tap for that. So it's you know, who knows? It's not possible. Yeah, they might want a different team to work on that book, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess one thing I'm wondering about Eric that I think would be the perfect person to ask is one thing I've always been interested in is how certain genres can do the crossover thing, and Ghostbusters is a stellar example of horror and comedy being melded together seamlessly. Do um, do you have feelings about how that works? Well, horror and comedy are, I mean, they're similar. Not, I mean, you know, one goes for a scare, one goes for a laugh, but they go for similar reactions. As far as constructing them goes, um... It's pacing, it's timing, you know, building up to a reaction. I mean, that's the mechanics. So, I mean, comedy and horror work together uh, well for that. But also, um, if you look at a lot of a lot of horror movies, there's there's elements in comedy in in many of them. Uh, you know, classic horror stuff in the 1940s. There was comedy in that. There was comedy in the slasher movies of the 80s. Um, so, I mean, they just the two the two flavors just go well to with uh, with each other. Humor allows a little bit of pressure to be let off uh, and get you in a uh, a safe space, and then you know here comes the scare. So I think that's why they kind of uh, work well together. And you know, yeah, just blathering thoughts on that. But I mean, they they do they play well together. They're a good mix. And I think Ghostbusters is pr- probably the best example of that in any franchise of how well the two can work together. Yeah. Yeah. Ghostbusters is a little bit more heavily, uh, in the comedy with, with, you know, horror flavor, like horror icing on the comedy cake, uh, as opposed to which, you know, normally it goes, I think the reverse, a little bit of comedy icing, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it really does. It is, uh, it's got some legitimate scares to it in both the original and the, uh, the new 2016 movie. And it's got some legitimate laughs. So there we go. Yeah, I guess the original crossover between comedy and horror with uh, Abbott and Costello and me, Frankenstein, that's probably more comedy, but only because Abbott and Costello were the stars. Yeah, well, that was more comedy, it's true. <laughs> but there was, I mean, there was a little bit of humor. There was a little bit of humor even found in the originals. Um, I mean, it was it was wry, but it was funny in in Dracula in the uh, the sequel, the first sequel to Frankenstein, uh, Bride and Son of Frankenstein, both had a little bit of humor to them. So, you know, it was there. It was always, I guess, lurking. Oh yeah, Larry Talbot was a bit of a cut up in the first Wolf. It's true. It's true. I want to go back and watch well, those now. <laughs> <laughs> they are all great. <laughs> yes, they are. Some of my favorites. Larry Talbot's one of my favorite, even if he was a peeping Tom in that first movie. You know I'll never let that, that scene go, Ivan. But anyway, um... <laughs> it's okay. Larry paid for what he did. No yeah. doubt. I can't argue with that. But now we got Ghostbusters showing that this can work on a, and on a regular franchise, not just, you know, guest crossovers of the genres, but regularly. 
Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of franchises, I'm curious, uh, Eric, if you ever received the patch that I sent you. I did. I did oh, receive the patch. It yes, it, it was it was uh, <laughs> it was it was lost at the the post office I went to, but they eventually found it and handed it off to me. So now I have it on my wall with with my other two patches. So thank you. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. Was did that you the Arkham Ghost? Sorry, Arkham yeah. <laughs> Ghost after patch is what I said. Oh, the flowers must have got lost in the mail. Nobody else knows what I'm talking about. The flowers probably are still sticking around in that back room. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, another question. Um, We have the Turtles crossover. That was great. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, established that the Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbusters are realities. And that makes sense because the kind of stuff that happens in the Ninja Turtles universe would have an effect on the New York City that the Ghostbusters live in. Yes. And so there would be bleed over all the time if they lived in the same reality. You didn't have any say in that uh, X-Files conspiracy crossover, did you? Uh, well, no. <laughs> the uh, That story, um, uh, Paul Crilly put together the crossover himself. Uh, in general, what beats he wanted to have in each of the uh, the contributing crossovers, and um, so I mean, I had uh, about eighty percent of the plot was already done. I just filled in some of the details, and uh, you know, a- and wrote it what uh, beats he needed for me to write to continue to the overall story of the crossover. So yeah, it wasn't my uh, my brainchild; it was his. So everything that worked in there, uh, plot wise, was him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and 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 if it didn't, it was probably just my failing. So um, so yeah. Well, I thought it worked. It's just that IDW comics had already established. Oh look, we have X Files, the Ninja Turtles, and Ghostbusters all in the same reality. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that oh, in Ghostbusters comics, that's not the case. Right. Well, in that case, I mean, you can figure it. It's been done that way before. If you look at crossovers, uh, oh, for example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Between Marvel and DC, they had uh, the the um, uh, the Batman and Spider-Man crossover where it, everything was in the same world, and then they do the Marvel and DC crossover, and it wasn't. So, I mean, uh, it all depends on what you want to count. If you wanted to have it count in the continuity, um, make them separate worlds, <laughs> and uh, you get away with things a lot easier. And that was our whole goal with uh, with the Turtles and Ghostbusters crossover is to make it uh, actually count for both series what happened in the events, not just have something that uh, that went away and 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 didn't happen and we didn't can never uh, reference mention. again. Exactly. So uh, that bad guy that they faced, uh, I am ninety percent sure, unless Tom forgets about him, that he'll be coming back into the Ninja Turtles book at some point. Oh, and um, uh, the Chiyu. And, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was the, yeah. jumping ahead of myself there. Right. I was yes, going to ask no. about the, the real just crossover next. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to that then. And then, yeah, so, I mean, uh, and then the Ghostbusters have used, as we've seen, that uh, that interdimensional portal uh, that they got from the Turtles crossover a time or two. So, you know, it's all worked out. And then now we can segue right into your question. See, isn't that that works? <laughs> yeah, and we're able to use the technology from Turtles crossover in the real Ghostbusters crossover. Correct. But what I'm wondering now is, since you obviously can publish real Ghostbusters comics, will there be more real Ghostbusters comics? 
look for issue eight of Ghostbusters International. Ooh. Yeah. Well, so, that's coming uh, up real soon. Yeah, it's coming up in a few weeks. <laughs> that should answer your question. I will not ask any further then. Okay. <laughs> well, I think another thing I'd like to know that I think you would be the perfect man to, to um, answer, Eric, um, is that you will note that after the first Ghostbusters movie was made, it really wasn't intended for another to be made, not by the creative crew, but the fans being as we are insisted. Another one was made years later. So my question is, what has made the franchise endure so well in all these different mediums? What makes it work? What makes it work? Okay, well, there's a few things. First off... um Aykroyd came up with a concept that was, you know, 15 phone books thick. He's got a lot of stuff that works with Ghostbusters. They trimmed a lot of way for the movies, but fans know about it, and it captures some imagination. Another thing is that, literally, it's open to any type of personality. Okay, I can identify with these guys. They're they're doing a blue-collar job, and... Uh, that's something that you know anybody can in the back of their head. Well, I, I could have been a Ghostbuster if that equipment really existed in the real world. Sure, I could go off and do that, and that captures imaginations. It's also a thing that I've said before. People like to be able to think that they can have again in the back of their head a little bit of control over things, like uh, like fear, paranormal phenomena, fear. You know all this stuff, and the Ghostbusters. I mean, through equipment and just deadpan humor. They are conquering the unknown. People like to be able to think they can have some control over the unknown. So, I mean, all these things together kind of congeal into an appeal on some very primal feelings. So I think that's kind of what it was. And, you know, on a, on a more shallow level, it's just a fun movie. It's a fun franchise. If you're shooting lasers at ghosts. That's fun. <laughs> I'd love the plasma of ghosts myself so I can See? relate. It's there you go. It's it's just it's it's a fun it's a fun image and it's a you know the the being slimed the gross out humor it's just it's all silly fun and uh, you know we can always use more of that kind of thing in the world. Well, every time I sneeze, I can relate to that one, Eric. And you well, know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I'm wondering too, if this could be appeal, is there some sort of appeal for goofy nerds beating all the odds and becoming heroes and showing, look, we can be incredible too. Oh, yeah. There's nothing more popular, and there's a few things I should say more popular than an underdog story. And that is definitely that. So, 100%. Well, you don't have to be attractive to women to be cool. I think that's a great <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You've solved the puzzle. <laughs> no, no. I was going to point out that you know, the only thing more appealing in movies than the underdog story is the unexpected romantic interest. <laughs> and because that seems to be something that almost every movie has to have if it's going to be successful. Which is unfortunate for real-life nerds, but I still think the Ghostbusters have Lucas beat all the way. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I, I actually applaud the new Ghostbusters movie for not going there. Yeah. It was kind of nice to they, see. You know, in many ways it parallels the original, but it does not have the same blue-collar aspect in that they're doing this job for money. There's never any mention of them being paid by their clients. Mm -hmm. And there's no character hitting on a client, which is, you know, 
questionable business practice, to be sure. <laughs> Although, to be fair, if Kevin hadn't been so stupid, there would have been a huge lawsuit <laughs> just from that interview alone. <laughs> oh, yes, but if Kevin hadn't been so stupid, then, you know, where would the movie be? Exactly. But anyway. Every time Chris Helmsworth's on screen, he steals the show. Mm-hmm. And let's get into, give nerves a little nerds a little leeway. They're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So, so I do got to ask. Um, um, uh, obviously, you've seen the new movie. Um, what do you think? You know, um, this is this is kind of go against uh, what so many people have said, but. Uh, Leslie Jones was my favorite part of the movie. I just uh, she was great. It's, that's and that's what I keep coming back to. I liked, I liked the rest of the cast a great deal, but she was my favorite. Uh, that my favorite new character. The room full of nightmares, the whole nine. It was great. Yeah. I, I had a good time. I, I took I took my youngest sister, and she had a big grin on her face through the entire movie. Uh, that was worth that was worth it right there. But uh, yeah, I just had a blast watching it. So fun times. Patty's reaction to everything, especially coming in as somebody who doesn't already have a predisposition to believe in this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it is great. And, you know, she still handles it like a pro. She doesn't just freak out at everything. Yeah. Something uh, she does, yes. But I, I think that she was the most fully realized character in the movie. I, I know that, uh, you know, uh, my editor has read the script, and he said that there was more character bits with all of the characters, but they, they trimmed things for, for running time. Um, so yeah, so it was Patty who was left with the most fully realized character, grounded and just funny. So I mean, overall, she was uh, she had the the most complete package as a character. And uh, yeah, like I said, she was just my favorite. All right. I thought that story wise, what was best on screen probably focused more on Aaron and to a lesser extent Abby's relationship with Aaron. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that when they do the sequel that has already been greenlit, it will focus more on Patty. And um, maybe we'll even see her cousin Mookie. It's possible. You know, like I said, I would not complain if that were the case. <laughs> more more stuff with that character would be would be completely welcome. But of course, I think, right I think what's actually going to happen is uh, since ninety percent of the people went and saw the movie, said, like, "Hey, McKinnon, she's going to yeah. get, she's going to get all of the, she's yeah, she's going to, you know, she's going to kind of throw the other three into the background and uh, you know steal the show um, on purpose this time." So that's my guess. Maybe I'll be yeah. wrong. You know, Kate McKinnon's character was a little bit of Peter Venkman mixed with Egon. You know, it was like, you, you know, it was like the best of. <laughs> She she was she was definitely her own animal and uh, and she completely completely made it work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I just loved the movie. I I loved when I that it wasn't the same movie. Like, and they didn't try to be. They took the theme, mm-hmm. and and thematically it was the it was you know it was the same. Uh, but then they did. But it's different. You know, they didn't. They, it wasn't. Oh, here's the female Peter Venkman, and here's the female Egon. And, you know, it wasn't that, you know, and, right. and I, and, and I think I that would have been a mistake that. if they had done that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they made it their own and, um, and, uh, I adored the movie. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. All right. And I personally love that the back guys are human. <laughs> so once we have 
villain who is just a flesh and blood person with flesh and blood motivations instead of being some ancient evil who is beyond our comprehension. Mm-hmm. That's for the that's for the sequel. Well, I mean, it was an interesting thing that they set up that um, he basically came to similar conclusions and built similar, different, but similar equipment based on the ideas that they were throwing out there. So right. uh, that that opens up that opens up room for uh, other sequels if they can't get the ladies back for whatever reason. Hey, look, it's now they can do movies with other franchises, for lack of a better term. So I mean, they've they've set up that that's possible as well. So. I kind of like it. I know that I uh, know from just like I said, reading uh, uh, press releases that Sony is interested in doing a lot more with the Ghostbusters than just these movies, this these uh, these ladies, this trilogy, or whatever they wind up doing with it. So um, that's good. I mean, more Ghostbusters stuff is 100% welcome. Well, Eric, if you get a chance and I can make this request, mm-hmm. please... It please suggest to IDW that they contact DC, who now has the rights to Scooby-Doo, and let them know, <laughs> we want a Ghostbusters Scooby-Doo crossover under your pen. <laughs> well, you know, right here. if that, if that did happen, it, it's, it's, the, the idea has come up before about doing a, uh, a Scooby-Doo and real Ghostbusters crossover. Um, and I don't know, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know if they mentioned it to DC and there was no interest at the time, or if it just kind of fell through the cracks. But I know that uh, that um, my editor had mentioned it, you know, just being batted around as an idea. So who knows? It could happen one day, or not. (laughs) But it'd be fun to do. Don't I recall though that you you snuck in a uh, pseudo Scooby Doo ish crossover? I was planning to. Um, That was going to be the second arc of the. of the ongoing series, but I wound up doing something a little bit different. I, I got rid of them because that would have been too many characters, and I just I just went to the haunted amusement park and uh, and and kept the location that I was going to. But yeah, it was it was a plan. It was an idea that I was going to uh, going to cross over with uh, with a pastiche of Scooby Doo at one point, yeah. which would have been a lot of fun. But yeah, DC um, has it set up for Scooby Doo now with a just team up with a cartoon or comic book character every month, mm-hmm. it does seem like it would be a good fit. It, it could them. be. It, it, it could be. really cartoon-ish version of Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. to meet the real Ghostbusters. It, I can't see them saying no, especially since they're doing so many company crossovers with uh, Batman 66 now. Mm-hmm. It's true, and although, I, like I said, I'd be perfectly honest, I, I would almost, uh, as as much as I would do that 100% if, if it came up, I'd also like to do, just just because of how weird it would be, I would love to see a crossover between the, the movie, the comic Ghostbusters that I've been writing, and uh, one of the DC superheroes, just for just for sheer weird value, would be a lot yeah. of fun. Like maybe the Spectre, for example. That, wouldn't it be awesome? Or Dead Man, you have them meet one of those two? It'd be it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, I've, 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 uh, I've thrown ideas. I've, I've tried to pitch it. I said, well, how about we do this or this or this? And I've, I've sent like a, a list of a dozen things from characters that would be appropriate, <laughs> like Dead Man, to characters that would probably be more saleable. Okay, so it's Ghostbusters and you know Justice League, <laughs> and they're all possessed and. Ghostbusters have to get get them, you know, deep as you know the whole the whole nine uh, the stuff that would you know never happen. But I'm like, uh, well, how about this idea? You know, I'm throwing a bunch of ideas at that poor poor Tom, my editor, and he's like, well, you know, 
<laughs> maybe maybe we'll see about 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 trying for it one day. But you know, these are just these are just fun ideas that um, that float around as we're talking about stuff to do and stuff doesn't always come together. But every once in a while, you know, stuff can click, and you know that then you wind up with stuff like uh, like Batman and Ninja Turtles or Green Lantern exactly. and Star Trek. So I I I you know I do this brainstorming with Tom. Um, all the time, and uh, you know, most times these these uh, ideas never go anywhere. But sometimes, sometimes they do. And I mean, the Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters was one of those things that they, you know, they uh, took two years to get them to say yes, but they eventually said yes. So you know, I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of being persistent. So. I say now in in a joking way that it'll probably never happen, but who knows? A couple of years down the line, maybe. Hey, did we ever think we'd get the um, the Punisher and Archie? <laughs> Nobody. Well, how about, I mean, they even went Punisher further. And Archie. They went further. Yeah, Predator and Archie. They went. They went even further here recently. Dark so Nato I mean, Sharknado and Archie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and speaking on that, wouldn't wouldn't Ghostbusters and Archie be a good fit? I mean, even some iteration of the Archie gang fought ghosts. What was the animated series, Ivan? Uh, you're talking about the one that was more of an X Files inspired show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it would I, I'm just going to pretend I never watched it. <laughs> and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, um, oh, Archie's weird mysteries. Yes, definitely. That, that sounds plausible. Sure. <laughs> Again, <laughs> pretending I never saw it. <laughs> there's, there's. At this point in comics, it's it's so interesting because there are so many possibilities that a few, even a few years ago, would have never been possible. And I love that. I, ju- I just love seeing it. I love seeing the weird stuff that pops up and and uh, is as actually on the shelves and available now. And that just that just makes I, I just love the the insanity of it. It's great. Now, your editor Tom comes to you and says. The guys who are doing Star Trek want to do a Star Trek Ghostbusters crossover. <laughs> well, would you be on board with that, or would you just veto the idea of saying that? Oh, you know, it, it, uh, I'd, 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 I'd have a blast writing, uh, writing the Ghostbusters into, and Star Trek. That'd be fun. I've, I've, um, I've had uh, no ideas for standalone Star Trek, but I, I came up with a couple of crossover di- ideas at one point that they told me <laughs> would never happen. But... Uh, <laughs> But again, who knows? Give me a couple of years, maybe I'll wear them down. But uh, but yeah, Carson no, Jenkins would just click if they yeah. didn't kill each other. It's it's true. And would that be a possible? Would they not kill each other? Is uh, you yeah. know the big question. But I mean, after after seeing the uh, years ago the the X Men and Star Trek crossover, the whole thing that was built just so they could do, I'm convinced, just so they could do the Doctor McCoy joke. <laughs> after that, I I I would expect. Uh, you know, any anything, uh, nothing crossing over with Star Trek would surprise me after that. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows is generally the answer because honestly, a no today could be a yes in a year, and right. you know, and uh, yeah, and you never, uh, you never can predict it. So we haven't got Star Trek versus Aliens yet. I'm still waiting for that. Oh my goodness, that would be. Actually, that would be pretty interesting. I'm honestly surprised that uh, they never worked it out. But again, the um, the more companies you bring in, and that would be four different companies right there would have to agree to it. 
that would be um, Fox would have to agree to it, Dark Horse would have to agree to it, IDW would have to agree to it, and then uh, CBS would have to agree to it, Paramount. And that's a lot of yeses on every single page of a crossover. So, you know, that that could be why. One right. one no one no out of all those yeah I mean you know three yeses and one no still means hundred percent no so you never right. know yeah you never know because that'd be a lot of no's you'd never know how many no's there could be right it's true it's true so I mean it's it doesn't take years ago I remember I, I saw um, that there was there was going to be a Justice League and Transformers crossover and I don't know why that fell apart but it fell apart so. Like I said, just takes one note. We did have a Transformers crossover, and that really wasn't very good. So the standards weren't being held. It's you know that's that's the thing. It's yeah, it's so I mean it's you know one one card will will send the whole thing. (laughs) You know, it's like Jenga. It really is. Right. Or like Break the Ice, that game we had as a kid. Remember in the seventies? Am I? I think I remember the Break the Ice. Yeah, Break the Ice. Yeah. Yes. Mm Hmm. So yeah, but you know, like I said, it's the the more the more popular they get, the more the weirder ones actually sell. The more likely it becomes for anything to happen. So, all right, well, right. Of course, you're doing a lot of Ghostbusters right now, and you have all these ideas for crossovers. You could do with Ghostbusters if <laughs> only they let you. <laughs> what characters would you like to write? Oh if gosh, you have nothing to do with the Ghostbusters. You would just enjoy writing them. Oh, there's 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 a ton of stuff that would be fun writing for you know for a story or two, and I always say the uh, the there's only there's only uh, two uh, mainstream superheroes that I've just really wanted to uh, wanted to get my hands on for a story, and then Spider Man because he was my favorite growing up, and Plastic Man because he's just my favorite. Period. Um, and then you know after that, uh, gosh, I've 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 ticked off so many boxes. Of stuff that I've that I've always loved, I've actually worked on. I've worked on the A Team. I've worked on Ghostbusters and Back to the Future. I've worked on, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles. So I mean, at this point, heck, um, I, I I can't complain. <laughs> I, I, I I you know I, it's it's I've 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 gone through so many. I honestly can't think of the Fantastic Four. There we go. That would be another. That would be a fun one specifically with Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. um, that would be a lot of fun to do. So, I mean, even more so than Spider-Man. Spider-Man would be fun because I'd like to write Spider-Man, but Fantastic Four and Ghostbusters would be fun because I can see a story in that. So, probably hung out together a lot in college. Actually, I think they hated each other, and I would really like that more. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dr. Doom contacts Egon because they hung out in the I Can't Read Richard's fan club. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can see it. It's uh, uh, Egon giving him the the wrong uh, the wrong calculations for the machine to contact his mother, but he blames Reed anyway. I <laughs> there's there's so many possibilities. You don't know the atomic weight of cobalt is. Yeah. See. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm yelling. Um, it's clobbering time before going after the that giant marshmallow guy. See. <laughs> oh gosh. No, there's it's. That kind of stuff would just be, just be having to do. But mostly, I think Tom and I have been talking. We're thinking about the possibility of doing a sequel with the Turtles and the Ghostbusters. And I just hope it doesn't take two years this time. <laughs> so, well, you know, we don't have to shove the cat back in the back because the cat's already out of the back. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true. 
made me but think yeah. of Schrodinger. Hmm? What's that? He made me think of Schrodinger. Ah. Oh, okay. And it's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. I finally remembered. How could I have not remembered that? Well, you know. I don't know. I, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I blame your parents. We're just about out of time. Um, right. So before we wrap up, um, are, is there anything that we didn't talk about, any project past, present, or future that we didn't cover that you'd like to quickly plug? Uh, well, uh, the other thing that I'm working on right now uh, is uh, Back to the Future Citizen Brown. I've been working on that oh. for the last couple of months. We're, uh, we're just about done. Well, I'm just about done. It's still got, <laughs> it's still got a couple issues left to go. But, um, uh, but yeah, so there's that. And... Um, and then uh, Ghostbusters International, we've uh, we've been moving uh, rapidly towards the conclusion of this this big uh, uh, year long storyline that I've had going. So I hope people will check out that. The latest issue just came out last week, and you know I'm I'm surprised more people haven't mentioned the uh, the ending of it. But a lot of people did notice that we put uh, Walter Peck in a proton pack <laughs> for fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was uh, that was a fun bit. It was it was a good joke. It uh, it it got people's attention. But yeah, it was the last four pages. I'm surprised no not more people uh, noticed. But uh, but you know it'll all pay off in the next issue. So we'll see. Nice. All right. And where can our listeners follow you on social media? Social media. The uh, the best place to follow me would be on Twitter, which is just at Eric Burnham, and Eric with a K, not with a C. And uh, right. there we go. It's like the All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the best place to follow me. I'm there more often than the other social media spots. All right, Eric. Thank you for coming back on our show. Well, again, thanks we, for having I'm me. glad we didn't scare you off the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. So we're, we're going to go to a commercial, and then we'll be right back. Okay, well... Welcome back. Uh, uh, thanks again to Eric for being on here again. Uh, that's about all the time we've got. Join us next week when we'll be joined by playwright, director, producer, author, editor, graphic artist, vampire expert, and longtime TVC crew member, David McDowell Blue. Before we end, I want to thank our sponsor, Friendface, and a special thanks to Tiny White and the Deadites for our show's theme music, Leaf on a Stream. Thanks to all who listened. Remember to subscribe to and rate our show on iTunes. And as always, everything happens somewhere. Good night.